With conjoling from Congress, President Trump backs away from cooperating with the Kremlin on cybersecurity and the impact of ransomware on emergency services. These stories coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. It's not the dumbest idea I've ever heard, but it's pretty close. That's Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina reacting on NBC's Meet the Press to President Donald Trump's suggestion, later modified, that the U.S. and Russian governments collaborate on cybersecurity. But when it comes to Russia, he's got a blind spot. And to forgive and forget when it comes to Putin regarding cyber attacks is to empower Putin. And that's exactly what he's doing. Joining me to discuss the concept of U.S. and Russian government collaboration on cybersecurity is Data Breach Today editor Matthew Schwartz. Hi, Matt. Hi, Eric. Following his meeting last week with Russian President Vladimir Putin, President Trump suggested the two governments cooperate on cybersecurity. Then on Monday, Trump tweeted, not so fast. Yes. So Secretary of State Rex Tillerson over the weekend said that what was being proposed by Trump was a cyber framework in which the two countries could work better together to understand how to deal with their mutual cyber threats. The two leaders agreed to explore creating a framework around which the two countries can work together to better understand how to deal with these cyber threats, both in terms of how these tools are used to interfere with the internal affairs of countries, but also how these tools are used to threaten uh, infrastructure, how these tools are used from a terrorism standpoint as well. The two leaders agreed, though, that this is a substantial uh, hindrance and the ability of us to move the Russian-U.S. relationship forward and agreed to exchange further work regarding commitments of non-interference in the affairs of the United States and our democratic process, as well as those of other countries. So more work to be done in that regard. So it seemed to be a bit of a grab bag of different cybersecurity-related topics and concerns that the two countries would theoretically work together to improve on the global stage. Here's Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin expanding on what Secretary of State Tillerson said on ABC's This Week. This is a very important step forward, that what we want to make sure is that we coordinate with Russia, that we're focused on cybersecurity together, that we make sure that they never interfere in any democratic elections or conduct any cybersecurity. And this is like any other strategic alliance, whether we're we're doing military exercises with our allies or anything else. This is about having capabilities to make sure that we both fight cyber together, which I think is a very significant accomplishment for President Trump. Would such a collaboration benefit the U.S.? It's unclear what would be gained by entering into discussions, if you're the United States, with Russia, aimed at creating a framework to monitor and crack down on Russia's hacking of you. We'll hear from congressional critics after this message. I don't think we can expect the Russians to be any kind of a credible partner in some cybersecurity unit. This is the ISMG Security Report. ISMG's Global Summit Series will be taking place at the Marriott Marquis in New York on August 8th and 9th. Learn more about what to do in the wake of WannaCry. Hear from subject matter experts on ransomware, endpoint detection, malware, and more. Visit events.ismg.io and register today. Welcome back. In a post late Sunday, President Trump tweeted, and I quote, The fact that President Putin and I discussed a cybersecurity unit doesn't mean I think it can happen. It can't. 
Trump backed off the proposed U.S.-Russian cybersecurity cooperation after receiving scathing reviews from Capitol Hill, coming in the wake of the Kremlin's meddling in last year's American presidential election. And those critiques were bipartisan. For example, Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida likened working with Putin on a cybersecurity unit to being akin to partnering with Assad on a chemical weapons unit. Another gem comes from California Representative Adam Schiff, a Democrat, and the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee. He said via Twitter, forming a working group on cyber interference in elections with Russia is akin to inviting North Korea to lead one on nonproliferation. Here's Schiff speaking with CNN. I don't think we can expect the Russians to be any kind of a credible partner in some cybersecurity unit. I think that would be dangerously naive for this country. Uh, if that's our best election defense, we might as well just mail our ballot boxes uh, to Moscow. I, I don't think that's an answer at all. While lawmakers on both sides of the aisle were quick to slam down Trump's proposal, the award for my personal favorite trolling, if you will, would be from WikiLeaks, which reacted to Trump's proposal that Moscow and Washington were going to form a cybersecurity unit by nominating Julian Assange to lead it, saying that he already had all of the CIA's secrets anyway. (laughs) That's funny. So, Matt, what's your perspective on all this? I think the Trump and Putin meeting at the G20 summit in Hamburg was big on political theater. When they shook hands, that exploded over social media. But I think that there's a lot of really good work that's already going on. For example, when it comes to cybercrime and cybercrime investigations, you've got two top-notch firms out of Moscow, Kaspersky Lab, as well as Group IB. And they regularly assist with law enforcement investigations. Kaspersky Lab, for example, works with Europol and Interpol, and it's been instrumental in helping bring down some cybercrime rings. Now, is this state-sanctioned help? Well, it's a private business, so that's probably not the right question to be asking. I think at a different level, in the political sphere, you have these moves. Trump attempting to say that maybe Russia did, maybe Russia didn't hack the U.S., even though there's an intelligence community assessment that said they did attempt to interfere in the election. So I think it's important to differentiate that there is already cooperation helping. A lot of information security professionals are working together. They are sharing information. In a different sphere or level, though, you have all of these political moves. Who's helping who? Who maybe attempted to hack who? And it's not always clear that there's much of substance happening in or around discussions in that arena. You make a good point, Matt. Cooperation is important among non-political entities such as private businesses and law enforcement agencies to limit cyber attacks. After all, our online adversaries are subject to hackers as well. And just last week, a Russian energy company fell victim to the NotPetya malware attack. But as you point out, there are limits to cooperation on cybersecurity among nation-state political leaders. Yes. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Eric. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Ransomware can cause any organization a lot of problems. Access to critical information often is limited, sometimes bringing business to a standstill. It's especially troublesome when ransomware strikes emergency services providers. Not only are those organizations adversely affected by the malware, but public safety could be at risk. To discuss the challenges hospitals and emergency services providers face from ransomware attacks and what can be done to mitigate the problem, I'm joined by Healthcare Info Security Executive Editor Marianne Kolbasak-McGee. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Eric. Tell us about some of the healthcare and emergency services providers hit by ransomware. 
Well, unfortunately, ransomware attacks on healthcare-related entities aren't that unusual, but a couple of the more interesting cases recently include a healthcare provider in Texas that was hit with a ransomware attack earlier this year and then successfully mitigated the situation only to discover a couple months later that it was hit with a second ransomware attack as it was investigating the first incident. But a scarier and potentially more dangerous situation occurred just recently at a police and fire department in Tennessee, which says it was victim of a ransomware attack that prompted the departments to take down their systems for an unspecified amount of time. While the departments say in a statement that their emergency and non-emergency calls for police and fire rescue, as well as calls for other services, had not been interrupted since the ransomware attack on July 1st, in the big picture, any attack on any organization that provides emergency services to the public can be potentially dangerous. So, so far, it seems that public health and safety have not been directly uh, affected by the ransomware attacks, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. What are some of the greatest fears of a ransomware attack for hospitals and emergency services providers? Well, the biggest fears include the possibility that systems supporting the dispatch of rescuers in an emergency situation, whether it's a house fire or auto accident, for instance, could be disrupted by ransomware or other cyber attacks. Also, attacks have the potential of disrupting the ability of hospital emergency room staff to access patient records and other important systems. Are we aware of any ransomware attack that at hospitals that disrupted surgeries, for example? There have been some incidents where services at larger healthcare organizations that have had ransomware attacks, services have been interrupted and patients have been faced with delayed appointments. In some cases, surgeries had to be postponed. So these things do happen. And the recent WannaCry attacks in the UK had disrupted patient services in a significant way, more so than we've seen lately in the US. But these things do happen. What should organizations do to limit the impact of ransomware attacks? Experts say it's vital for these organizations to not only have disaster recovery and business continuity plans in place, but it's critical that their staff know how these plans work and for the organizations to practice, test, and update these plans regularly. You're right, Marianne. Testing is important. That's true. You have to have these plans accessible and to have your staff know where they are and how they work. Thanks, Marianne. Thanks, Eric. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. <laughs>